Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Over the last few weeks as a church, we've been talking about the art of celebration, about celebrating that God is good. Why is it good? All the time, God is good. And so if God is good, we want to be able to celebrate and live in the light of God's goodness together. And so this, this uh, morning, we're going to read Luke chapter 15 together, starting at verse 11. So if you've got your Bibles, to, feel free to turn now to Luke chapter 15. Otherwise, hopefully, the passage will turn up on the screen as I read. But hopefully, it's, a well, it's probably a well-known passage to many of you the parable of the lost son. So let's uh, read together now. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So so he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. 
when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. A familiar story, hopefully well known to many of us. Um, But let's uh, pray that God would speak to us as we consider this passage together now. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the wonder of the image of this passage, of the father embracing his son as his son returns home. But Lord, as we come to consider it now, would you speak to us afresh? Where there is familiarity, will you breathe new life? And Lord, most above all, would your spirit speak to our hearts and to our minds as we consider this passage together now. In Jesus' name, amen. So over the last few weeks, we've been thinking about the art of celebration. And we started off thinking about Psalm 145 and celebrating with joy, choosing to be joyful as we follow Jesus. Then we talked about getting the party started and how Jesus turned water into wine and how he did so with such abundance and extravagance and how he made time to celebrate with those around him. And today I want to look at this passage in Luke chapter 15 and I want to talk about crashing the party. I don't know if any of you have ever gate crashed a party, um, but uh, I know that for, uh, there are plenty of times where I have been, uh, I heard about a party that has been going on, uh, but I've never been invited. I've never once been invited to the Oscars. Uh, they keep never taking the hint that, I mean, we're a church now. We broadcast on YouTube. I am a movie star, uh, as is Bella. But we've never, Bella, have you received an invite to the Oscars? No, neither have I. Um, I don't know how you feel when you've never been invited to something. Um, you have two options. We either take it gracefully and say, do you know what? The Oscars haven't invited me. I'm clearly too cool for the Oscars. Um, It's their loss. Or I could just turn up at the Oscars and try and get and gate crash the party, even though I haven't been invited. And I'm fairly sure I wouldn't get in. I can assure you that there are plenty of times that I've been, uh, or that there have been parties that I haven't been invited to. And I'm sure you can all associate with what that would feel like. But I've never been brave enough to take that step and turn up uninvited at a party that I had no place at being to. Let's be honest, I'm not a movie star. If I showed up at the Oscars, they would laugh at me in the face and probably arrest me for trying to break in. Um, But today we've heard one of the most well-known and powerful stories in the Bible And today, I'd like to encourage us all that we can crash the party. We might not feel like we're able to be invited. It might not feel like we are worthy to be at this party, but we can all turn up. We don't have to worry about whether we're on the guest list. God loves a celebration, and he wants us to join in with it. The art of celebration doesn't mean that you have to wait to be invited to come along. That's not the story of the Christian message. This Christian message is the story of our church, the story of our God, is that there is good news. God is good, and we 
are invited to join in the party. So how can we join in with the celebration? Well, we're going to look through this passage together and see some things that I think we can learn from it this, uh, this morning. And the first of these is that I think that we can join in the celebration by colliding with the generosity of our God. Jesus doesn't hold back in this passage of, taint, of painting a terrible picture of the Son in this passage. For those of us who've just listened to me read that passage today, he might sound like a, a not very nice young man. You know, he's a bit frivolous, a bit wasteful, a bit ungrateful, um, made some bad decisions in life. He's not the kind of kid you probably want your children to grow up to be like. But to the people that Jesus was speaking to at this time in this culture, this son could have not done anything worse. He was the lowest, the most despicable version of a son you could have imagined. In saying to his father that he wants his share of his estate now, he's not just saying, I'm a bit anxious to go out and live life and I've got a business idea and I can take my money and invest it. If only I had some money, everything would be okay. In asking for his inheritance, this son is effectively saying, Dad, you're as good as dead to me. I want nothing to do with you anymore. Just give me your money and I'll be off. In a culture where they admired and they looked up to and they honored the fathers of their figure, this was a terrible thing for any son to say. Not only does the son destroy his relationship with his father, but then he reveals the quality of his character. Squandering his newfound wealth on wild living, on parties, on prostitutes, this son knew how to party, but not in the right ways. Eventually, he hits rock bottom. The money had gone, the fun had gone, and instead of enjoying the party, he was left desperate and broken. Ultimately, he needed to get a job, so he goes and gets a job feeding the pigs. Again, not a job many of us fancy doing in nice, in nice sort of uh, intelligent Cambridge. I'm not sure how many pig farmers there are, but God bless them for their bacon. But this might not, uh, despite it not being a, a desirable job today, again, in the culture of the day, this was the lowest job for any Jew to possibly consider doing. Jews didn't want anything to do with pigs at all, so to be able to be the one who was feeding them was simply unimaginable. This young man was as shameful a son as he could be. There was nothing more that he could do to make himself any less admirable to those who were listening to Jesus as he told this story. And yet, despite all the appalling things that he'd done, he collides with the generosity of his father. This son had burned all his bridges. He'd hit rock bottom, and there should have been no way back for him. Yet he still is invited to join in the party as he collides with the generosity of his father. Just take a moment to put yourself in the father's shoes in this parable. How would you respond if that was your son? Having just had his son wish that he was dead, you might think that this father would have been entitled to feel a little bit upset, to hold a grudge against his rebellious son. 
But one day, he sees his son slowly making his way back home, and instead of holding a grudge, he picks up his robes and runs to embrace his son, even whilst he was a long way off. I love this image of the father running out to meet his son in the street, letting go of all the pain, letting go of all that shame, and instead holding on to his son, who he loved so much. In this moment, we see the generosity of the father's love. We see the generosity of his grace, that despite all that had gone before, Not only did he receive his son back, but he celebrated that he'd returned. There was no way that this son should have been invited to the party. He'd burned every bridge possible. He was full of shame and disgrace. And yet his father runs to greet him and celebrates that he has returned home. The son had collided with the generosity of his father. As the father starts the party, it is clear that this was no ordinary celebration. The fattened calf is killed, fine clothes are put on. The father was delighted to see his son and he gave generously to to his son things that he was never entitled to. Again, the generosity, the love of the father on display. Today, for each one of us here today, can I once again encourage us all to collide with the generosity of our Father and our God. Jesus was not just telling a nice story to the crowd, but this story is deeply symbolic. The Father is God and the Son is you and it's me. Today, as I look out over into church, and I'm sure those of you joining online, it's equally true. We're a nice, respectable bunch Uh, Some of us have put on our Sunday bests. Uh, Some of us have come out and brushed our hair for the first time this week. We're looking all nice and sharp and respectable. Um, But each one of us, no matter how respectable we might look on the outside, each one of us is the equivalent of the sun in this parable. Each one of us has turned our back on God and wished that we just had nothing to do with him at some point in our lives. It's our human nature. We have all decided that we'd rather live our lives the way that we would like to live our lives rather than the way that God wants us to live our lives. Enjoying the wild living instead of remaining faithfully true to God. We've all followed our own self-interest rather than embrace the love of our Father and our God. By rights, not one of us here today should be welcomed to the party, should be able to celebrate the goodness of God. We just don't deserve it. Yet here we are, colliding into the generosity of the Father, the guest of honor at a party that we should have never been invited to. Despite all that we have done and all the mistakes that we've made, the generosity of God remains. There is nothing that you can do. There is nowhere you can go where you cannot collide with the generosity of God's love and grace for you. This is a moment 
worthy of great celebration. God runs out to meet all who turn back to him. He rejoices as he holds them back in his arms again. He celebrates with them and showers them with love. This morning you might be here thinking you don't deserve to be at the party. You, but you can crash the party. Once again, you can encounter the generosity of God. Today, may we collide into the generosity of God's grace and love for us. Let's acknowledge our faults and our failures, our sin and our shame. Let's recognize that we have no right to be at the party. But this gives us all the more reason to celebrate. Despite what we deserve, not only does God welcome us back, but he, ret- he runs out to meet us. Not only does he greet us, but he invites us to be the guest of honor. God is good. All the time, God is good. So let's collide with the generosity of our Father again, that we might celebrate with him. And the only reason that the son was able to join that party, the only reason that he was able to collide with the generosity of his father was that he first turned to celebrate and I'll turn back to his father. Listen to these words from verses 17 and 18 again, where we are told this. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. To join the celebration and to encounter the generosity of God, we first need to turn back to God. So the question is, how do we do it? Why should we do it? Well, firstly, I think that Jesus Jesus tells us in this parable that turning back to God is the sensible thing to do. This parable illustrates the misery of being away from God and going in our own direction as opposed to embracing the wonderful generosity, love and grace of our God. Although getting the inheritance and making a run for it seemed like a good idea to the son initially, (coughs) pardon me, the son quickly realizes the error of his ways and how much better it was before he made his way back from, uh, uh, before he made his way away from his father and demanded his inheritance in advance. Often in our lives, the grass can seem greener on the other side. And yet, when we get over to that grass that's on the greener on the other side, we get over there to find out it wasn't grass over after all. It was just that fake stuff that um, people play football on. We will all make the wrong decisions in our lives. We are all human. But the sensible thing to do when we make mistakes is to acknowledge our mistakes and to turn back to God. Turning back to God is a process. It will take time. The son turned back, but he didn't meet the father straight away. He'd gone so far away that he had to make his way back to the father instead. He he still had to make the journey back to his father. 
And sometimes that can be true for us in our own lives as well. Yes, we can, God comes and searches us out as we hear about earlier on in this passage. But when we turn back to God, we have to walk back some of the things that we can have done, some of the mistakes that we made. So if you're still um, dealing with the consequences of mistakes that you've made in your past when you've turned back to God, don't get disheartened by that. Because yes, God is coming to meet you. He's running out to you. But sometimes there is a process and there's a journey that we have to go as we make our way back to God. Perfecting the art of celebration doesn't happen overnight. Most important part of that process is turning round and setting out in a new direction. And we can be confident that when we turn round, when we set in a new direction, the Father is coming to meet us. He's running to greet us, and we will be able to experience and join in the celebration with him again. Turning back also means, that we, means acknowledging what we have done. This son doesn't try to pretend that he was right that what he did was rational and sensible. He doesn't try to justify the decisions that he made. Instead, he just holds his hands up and he literally says to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. If we want to with the generosity of God, then we need to take responsibility for the decisions that we have made. We need to acknowledge the ways that we have turned our backs to God, the ways that we have sinned against heaven and against him, and and the impact that those have upon us. Turning back is not an easy decision to make. It is costly. It's uncomfortable. It forces us us to face up to some of the things that we are least proud about. But no matter how difficult and uncomfortable that decision might be, we can know with confidence that it is the best decision that we can ever make. For we can know that a collision is about to occur, that we will encounter the generosity and the love and the grace of our Father as he runs to greet us. This morning we have a great future ahead of us. But it might not feel like it for you at the moment. It might seem like you're lost and you're stuck in the decisions of your past and the circumstances of your life. But your past does not need to define your future. You can know the love and the generosity of God in your life. If only you would turn to, to encounter him. The final way that we can join in the party is by not missing out on the party. It might seem uh, self-explanatory, but this story is not the parable of one son, it's the parable of two sons. We very probably talk about the first son who goes, squanders the wealth a lot, but maybe talk about his brother a bit less. Some of the best things that I've received in my life have been things that I've completely not deserved. Um, A few months ago, Rachel bought me a gift, not because it was my birthday, not because it was Christmas, just because she wanted to give me a gift. 
And as she gave me a gift, it blew me away, and I was incredibly grateful for that gift that was completely unexpected and undeserved. I can only imagine, therefore, the amount of gratitude that this son must have had as his father ran to greet him and as that generosity of the the father was poured onto him. He deserved nothing. He was entitled to nothing. And yet the father blessed and celebrated that he had come home. However, he was not the only son. His brother, who had faithfully remained true to his father, who'd honored him and waited patiently for his inheritance out in the fields, and when his brother comes home and and, and the love of, of, and he sees the love and the generosity that the father has shown to him, he isn't full of joy, but instead he's full of rage. And again, you can understand why. It's not really fair. It's not really just. He's been good. He's been true. What kind of reward is that? But that's the issue. The faithful son was so blinded by all the bad that had gone on before in the brother's life, the decisions that he'd made, that he could not appreciate and celebrate the beauty of his father's love. He was blinded to the beauty of his brother acknowledging the errors of his ways and making that right and turning from his ways. He was blinded to the beauty of the bond between his father and and his other son. He was blinded to the beauty of the love and grace that had been poured out into his brother's life. He was blinded to the wonder of his father's immense generosity. When we are blinded to the beauty of a moment, it's impossible for us to be grateful for all that God has done in that moment. And if we cannot be grateful, we will miss out on the party as we celebrate the goodness of God. This morning, please don't miss out on the party because you're holding on to the things of the past. Don't be blinded to the beauty and the generosity of God, but instead see the beauty of it all and be full of praise and gratitude for the love that the Father has shown. There is so much to celebrate. So let's not miss out by holding on to our hurts and our pains and the mistakes of our past. But instead, let's open our eyes and see the beauty and the generosity of our God. That as we do so, we might join in the celebration with him. This morning, what might be blinding you? What might be preventing you from seeing the beauty and the generosity and the love that the Father has for you and for those around you? May we all once again collide with the generosity of the Father. Let's be grateful for the love that he has for us and for those around us. Not one of us deserves to be at the party. But by the grace of God, each one of us is invited. It may not be the Oscars, but we can crash the party. 
So let's not miss out by standing on the sidelines, blinded to all the goodness that God has showered upon us. But let's open our eyes that we might see and be grateful and collide again with the generosity and love of our God. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for your generosity to us, for the love that you have poured upon us, for the fact that even though we don't deserve it, you still welcome us home. You pick up your robes and you run to greet us. So for so great is your love and your grace for each one of us. Lord, this morning we again turn to you. We confess the errors of our ways. We confess the ways that we have wanted nothing to do with you for the ways we've wanted to go and live life our own way instead, for the ways we've wanted to join in the party that has not been necessarily with you at the centre. Lord, forgive us, we pray. And thank you that as we turn back to you, we can know that you are the Father who loves to run towards us, even whilst we are still far off, and will always welcome us home. Lord, we pray that we might see the beauty of who you are and not be blinded by the things of our pasts, by the circumstances of our lives. Lord, we pray that you would give us open hands, open eyes to see the wonder of who you are, that we might encounter again the wonder of your generosity and love for us and for each other, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.